Welcome to the Beer and a Movie Podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am here as always. My name's Carlos and with me, Dave Gurney and Ethan Thompson. And we are about to get into it, like really, really into it because uh, <laughs> we have a whirlwind of an episode. Absolutely. Uh, this We're, one is, I guess it falls into our themed episodes technically. In a sense, yeah. Um, it's uh, titled, We Missed It in the Theater or something to that effect. Yeah. That's yeah, the theme yeah. we're going with. Um, so we are going to talk about a couple of films of very, very different genres and tones and themes and all that kind of stuff, um, that are a little more on the indie kind of spectrum that is definitely, uh, yeah, yeah. definitely. But that, uh, you know, a city with a population of about 350,000 only gets for maybe a week or two tops. Um, That's right. Because we got both of these movies, but for very, very short periods and, I missed both of them. Ethan, I think you did. No, I got them both on Redbox last night. Okay. Uh, so Ethan missed both of them, and yeah. you saw one I of did, them. I did see Sorry to Bother You. Cats Out of the Bag. That's the first one. That's right. At the theater. But no, I was not able to see the other one. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we didn't get to catch them, but we have thankfully, uh, through the the glory of video on demand, we're able to. Right. And Redbox. Uh, and Redbox. Yeah. We're able to watch them. Uh, so we're going to so, get into those. The nice thing is, all our listeners should be able to get their hands on them too. Yeah, you definitely yeah. can. Uh, some some of you have already uh, seen them. Uh, right, Jeremy, aka Pink Cat, has actually been uh, badgering me about seeing "Sorry to Bother You" for a while because mm. I guess he watched it about a week ago and was like, "Dude, I need to know what you think about this." <laughs> so you're about to find well, out. He's about to find out. But before he but finds first, out. We need to open a beer, and I don't have any clever tie-ins this this episode, but um, I'm, I'm just trying to bring beers that I want to drink, and this is a fairly new release from Odell uh, Brewing Company, which is a very reliable brewery out of Fort Collins, Colorado, and this is their take on the Milkshake IPA. It is called Cloud Catcher. Right. I will say that you just reference them as being a very reliable. I think uh, so. I have historically not been a very big fan, and I'm trying to get to their website too because I can't remember the name off the top of my head. But well, there you know, are a few that they have that I have uh, been subjected to a couple of times. Um, I guess it's just called the IPA. The and I don't think they're IPA loose leaf. Is very good. Wait, no, that's the pale ale, right? They have mercenaries, they're double. It's just a normal IPA. They, it doesn't have a name here. Um, but I've, uh, I've never enjoyed that one. Um, I, I've, I've not liked the mercenary very much either in the past. And um, that's one that's that's often on tap at the draft house here yeah. and that they have other places. I think, I think where mercenary comes into the fold for me is... Um, Jessica, my next-door neighbor at work and at home... Uh, I think that one and the normal IPA, if memory serves, are kind of like go-tos for her. So if I'm ever drinking a beer with her or, uh, you know, over at her house for, you know, uh, a drink or something, it's usually either that or something Lagunitas. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've never, never been a big fan of anything that I had from them until this one. Right. So hop forward with notes of creamsicle and peach. Creamsicle. That's it the delivers one. a citrus like burst alongside a velvety texture. I'm going to tell you something about Odell that, that might sway your opinion here. You know, it was an Odell brewer and his name is Jay Moorfield who started Pine House Pizza. Which I know you're a fan. I am a big fan of Pine House Pizza. So, so right there, there, there's reason enough to to have some love for Odell. Yeah, Um, yeah. In in that case, Odell gets a a pass from here. (laughs) No matter how I feel about the beer, because Pine House is badass. Fair enough. And I so, but but it is that kind of hazy. You know, as as far as like a milkshake IPA goes, you would expect it to be hazy. And for for our listeners who maybe haven't experienced the milkshake milkshake IPA, it's sort of a now a new sub variant of the hazy IPA that it is. you know it is hazy, but it also has that sort of it, they introduce lactose to it, so it's supposed to have kind of a a milkier texture to it, and and maybe even some milk like flavor. And it, um, I mean, it definitely 
has some of that. Yeah, I would say. yeah. Uh. So we'll we'll sip on it and we'll kind of think about what we think about the flavor and if there is creamsicle there. Uh, I've got a lot to say about the nose, which we'll get to later. But uh, right on. But yeah, sorry to bother you. Is the first movie that we're talking about, and this one, I re- I remember seeing the trailer for it in the. Uh, the first time I was kind of like, oh, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's happening. And then, but the more I saw it, I was like, wait, this looks actually really crazy and interesting. Yeah. Um, and so it's directed by, written and directed by Boots Riley, um, a rapper from the group The Coup uh, out of Bay Area. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, who, uh, who was actually apparently, and I didn't know this until I listened to an interview with him on uh, WTF with Mark Maron. Um, where he was in film school. I mean, so yeah. he, he was before he was ever a rapper or at least professionally a rapper, uh, he was attempting to be a filmmaker yeah. and then kind of ended up his rap career kind of took off and, and that sort of took his attention and time and energy. And, but lo and behold, you know, years later he was able to, to finally get a project off the ground and yeah, he, I think he wrote this in like 2010 or something. Right. Uh, yeah. Like a long time ago and thought that it was never going to get made. So he did an album called sorry to bother you <laughs> right. uh, that came out in 2012. Right. Uh, and then obviously with this one eventually got greenlit and produced, um, a very radical thinker, uh, yes. Boots Riley, very, um, He's, he's, you know, I guess what most people call like a radical leftist or a Marxist or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it really, I mean, this, this movie is a condemnation of, of late stage capitalism right. and, and, you know, things like that. Um, but just from the outset, when you see the trailer, it's about a guy who goes to work at a telemarketing office who's right. like down on his luck financially and Danny Glover's character, his, his, his next door neighbor in their like cubicles or whatever says, mm-hmm. no, you got to use your white voice. Uh, I'm not talking Will Smith white. I mean like white white. <laughs> and, and so he starts doing that and becomes very successful at, he's like, you know, selling, selling, becomes a quote unquote power caller, moves up in the ranks. And then that's where things get really crazy. Um, and it, that's all, you know. Okay. So that's all, you know, from the trailer, right? That's uh-huh. all it shows you. It doesn't tell you anything. Obviously spoilers again. I'm, I just can't not say it cause I'd feel bad, but, uh, Earlier in the film than you would expect, this enterprise called Worry Free is introduced, uh-huh. and that's really what the movie's about, uh-huh. in my viewing of it. At right. Least. Um, and I'll I'll let you kind of take over from here. You can. Well, so no, I I mean I I actually kind of want to back up for a second because I mean I think you know right from the trailer I mean it it plays as a sort of a a very cutting race satire right i mean that that's that's kind of the at least where it starts that's what it seems like in the trailer yeah it seems like it's right. definitely like more focused and like you on say that. playing on this idea of you know like use your white voice and then actually having white actors voicing david that cross, david cross yeah david right. cross crushes it <laughs> as lakeith stanfield's wife oh yeah so we should talk about who's in it yes. lakeith stanfield is the lead you have uh, Stephen wynn from the walking dead tessa thompson who's like like a super mega star at this point. Like she's like blown up like crazy in the right. last couple of years. Super mega star? She's like in she is like the like badass like okay. actress uh-huh. in Hollywood. I I feel like every time I see anybody talking about her, it's like raving reviews and uh, mm-hmm. like just you know oh, she's praising her. Charlotte and Westworld. No wonder um, she looked familiar. But and obviously Danny Glover is I Terry Crews I, I just Terry Crews what, is was, in it. what the hell was Danny Glover doing in this anyway that was uh I what love do you it mean when he showed, I mean it's great yeah I was like he can do whatever he wants he's Danny I Glover so, yeah <laughs> Army Hammer Army yes, Hammer yeah, yeah who is yeah. Who, who I have, who I have really, many opinions on um <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll arrive my, my opinion has changed on him recently but but it, yeah from I, negative to positive or positive yeah from negative well not even negative but from like blah to like see eh. that's how I feel about him I feel like I feel like I could I could not no matter how many movies I see him in pick him out of a lineup he's just like the most nondescript looking white guy I've ever seen if, in my life if you need a name for this episode I suggest man <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to figure out how to spell that we yeah. can do it um, we can figure yeah, it out so back to what you were saying it starts off as this kind of like right. cutting you know movie about race right right but but then it starts getting it then it becomes apparent at a certain point that it's actually much more an indictment of capitalism and um in the whole economic system that that we're under where yeah. y- you know 
as um, the, the main character there, Lakeith Stanfield, who is Cassius, right? That, Cassius Green, yes. yeah. As, as he sort of ascends the ranks within this company and we start to see what they're actually selling or what it is that they're making their money on. Yeah. It, a, yeah. Go yeah, ahead. but hey, but even before he actually ascends, he becomes a part of this like attempt to unionize the telemarketers. Right, and in his ascension up the ranks, he betrays the union and you know. Right, I think it's important to press pause for a second and okay. just it, acknowledge this is crazy as hell. This oh, movie. this movie is absolutely but batshit. the way that we're describing it, it sounds like oh, it's a trenchant. Political satire. Okay, but which it is like the first forty-five minutes to an hour. No, is. the first like hour twenty. Oh, I don't think so. It's I, I mean, as soon as you hear him talk like David Cross. Okay. come on. Well, but that's, that's but, but that's like a funny gimmick. That's, that's okay. That, okay. That, so you want to talk about the hold reveal? On. Like, hold on, the, hold on. Yes, we need to talk before, about the okay. reveal before we get to the reveal. I, I want to defend the overdubbing of the white voice and stuff because that be that that's a stylistic choice. It's not crazy, but like. When he's doing that, like his desk is literally dropping into the living quarters of the people he's calling yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So it's clearly this like it's it's style. It's just style. Yeah. I think, for, yeah, but it's. I mean, it's, that's what I mean. But that it's doesn't. Like, but compared to what's gonna happen, that's not that crazy. Well, I just, like that's pretty fucking. What I mean, what I mean what is, it's like it becomes this kind of wacky satire. That's like I kept thinking of Idiocracy as I was. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, the, Although the other, I didn't enjoy it as much, I have to admit. Really, I I, I appreciate we're, we're the absurdity there. of it, but um, I don't know. I, yeah. So yeah, so well, he he's rising the so, ranks, worry free. Yeah, right. when he so, so he he gets brought into this elite tier 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 within within the company. That's actually that's selling, um, like labor essentially yeah, to very to low cost labor, low cost labor to other companies, slave um, labor. Yes, essentially slave labor, and doing that, um, you know, still via uh, phone sales. Yeah, but for whatever then, reason. <laughs> but but then he gets business invited. Business. Yeah, we'll, he gets we'll invited the phone to the party at the CEO's house, and the CEO is played by Army Hammer. He's the, the CEO of Worry Free, right? And. So Worry Free is a company that basically you sign a contract with them and they house you and feed you and you do work for them. Right. And so it's basically it's it's slavery it's job security. But it's yeah, right. It, it, but what, it's, they, what they're right. trying to make it is job security. Yeah. That's how they're trying to pitch it, but really what it is is like indentured. We own you, yeah. right. We yeah, we, you, we yeah. own you, you're gonna do what we say. Mm-hmm. You're gonna sleep in bunk beds and eat what we tell you to eat. Right. And yeah, it's when he goes to the CEO's party where they're mm-hmm. doing blow and like everyone there's like orgies and like all this stuff is happening. He's people are pouring champagne all over all this stuff that he tries to go to the bathroom <laughs> takes a wrong turn and, and then, then and he it gets fucking nuts stumbles upon the horseman the horseman the, the uh what what is it is it well no it's not a i mean it's a it's a horse human hybrid an equisapien right Equisapiens. exactly <laughs> it's, it's it's not a minotaur it is a no. it is a full-on hybrid yeah. of of horse and human it is it's and mortifying. it is freaky like, <laughs> it is, yeah no i remember seeing it in the theater and just like my i mean as much as i was sort of i don't know like not shocked but like impressed with how audacious it was being up until mm-hmm. that point that happened and i was just like yeah. <laughs> my jaw I, dropped i had no way to make sense of it in fact i remember sending you guys messages right after like oh yeah you need to go see this movie this, because i can't remember the last time in the theater where i was that shocked by what i saw going on well, in the film. i was i was in a rage that it, di- <laughs> it, 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 it didn't get shown here oh uh, because like it they did. played they well they played the trailer at the draft house oh, a right, shit right, right. ton and yeah, it didn't play yeah, yeah, there yeah, and then yeah. it played at Star Place yeah, like a week. no right and so and I, unless you want to get nibbled on by mice you don't yeah. go to Star <laughs> uh, but once I saw it I was like yeah that makes sense that it didn't play here for very long <laughs> like because that's I mean it's in a whole other yeah. like realm of so, of, so of at that point going. you realize that this company is is not just creating this like new system of slavery but they're actually trying to create these horse human the, these equisapien hi- hybrids to to be like more better more efficient laborers the most profitable workforce ever in history is what right. he says i love the like little um 
animated uh, corporate videos that yeah. they show. Yeah. They're pretty That's good. what I mean. Just like throughout the film, there are just these little choices that are made that are just so wacky. They are. Uh, I, I mean, I, I at agree. At the same time that it has this obvious, you know, anti-capitalist. I mean, it's so super, super dark. Edge. And I think that, I mean, I, I think I saw this movie at like the most like opportune time. Cause I've really been in a fucking rage about Amazon lately. <laughs> like, <laughs> really really just like Jeff Bezos is just getting you angry well I mean I've always I mean I've always known that as as a small business owner Amazon Mm -hmm. hurts my ability to exist you know I've Mm -hmm. always known that and but I've always just kind of accepted it and like the you know personal touch that a brick and mortar has you know is what separates you and blah 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 and all this stuff and then I mean, the more I really started thinking about what they're doing and how fucking rich he is and like the state of like the people that work for his company mm-hmm. that I was got pretty and I've always, you know, leaned like more Marxist or whatever. So, it, you know, it, I started getting kind of like really aggravated by it. And then they upped their like minimum wage to $15 an hour. And I was like, okay, that's a good step in the right direction. But then they also cut all these extra benefits like stock options and bonuses and shit. So they were like, yeah, we're going to do this for face value, but also fuck you. Mm. And then Trevor Noah did an episode or not Trevor Noah, um, Hassan Minaj on the Patriot Act uh, okay. did an episode on Amazon where he really got into like the details about the fucked up shit that Amazon does and how they're willing to lose hundreds of millions of dollars just to gain market share and acquire oh, yeah. other businesses and put people out of business and how if you sell on there, they can see everything you're doing and basically use all of that data to cut you out entirely <laughs> and to- take complete control of the market share and things like that. And so I was in a really fucking rage about Amazon before I saw this movie. And then I was like, oh, this is about Amazon. <laughs> I mean, it is. A worry-free is like supposed to yeah, they, mirror yeah. Amazon more than any other right, company right. on the planet. And it's fucked up. I mean, and... Yeah. 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 We don't mean to suggest that they're engineering Equisapiens. I don't know, like, man. They might be. They could. We're not saying they're not. Some people well, are saying. I'm not. <laughs> people say. We are saying fuck Jeff Bezos. So. Yeah. Well, then again, but he's like Trump's arch nemesis right now. So I got to yeah. kind of. Yeah, come on, man. He owns the Washington Post. They actually well, had a pretty good Saturday Night Live. They, they did. did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah was, give props to so, that. The, but. Okay, so so I'm curious because Ethan, you've already tilted your hand here, tipped your hand here, and so there was something that's holding you back. And you're a guy who loves satire. Yeah, you're a guy just, who loves you know that kind of cutting social commentary. What 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 was know, it man. that didn't land? I don't know. I I I it just didn't. I don't know. I enjoyed parts of it, but mm-hmm. um, it just didn't hold together for me in the way that I wanted it to. Okay, I mean, I enjoyed how it was aggressively different and unique and my hat's off to it yeah i support it i just didn't enjoy but you it as didn't much. you didn't and find I, it I, I can't quite explain it except that i don't know um i i really liked uh, how uh how uh cassius becomes a meme because he gets hit in the head mm-hmm. with a coke can yeah mm-hmm. that was a good touch. i mean that was nice there there there's maybe i was just in a bad mood and i just shouldn't admit it um there was a lot about it i did like uh but just as a whole it didn't Maybe I got tired of all the Toon Yards music in it. Maybe that was it. <laughs> See, There's I a like, lot of Toon Yards. I like Toon Yards. I like Toon Yards. I, I feel a little goes a long way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I think if this, this film, you know, you we, we've mentioned a couple others in connection to it. The one that stands out to me the most, and I don't know if you guys have seen this. You probably have Putney Swope. And it, it's been mentioned. Mm. Other critics have brought it up. But this is, you know, Robert Downey Sr., Mm, um, yeah, I've, I've heard I've heard of it, but I've never and, seen it. and it's like the, it's it's in the ad industry, and it's a very kind of like absurdist, surrealist satire kind of film. God, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen this film, but this is a movie that I think I had in my Netflix queue like back in like 2005. Probably. You know when Netflix was DVD only, right? It was, right, right. It's one of those that would always stay yeah. at the bottom. You're like, you never really want to watch that thing. You just think you should. Yeah, but. You have seen it. Yeah. No, it's worth seeing because yeah. it has this kind of chaotic, anarchic energy to it that like 
yeah, this is happening here for this section of the film, and then, no, we're just going to change the rules. This is something else. And, okay. and that's kind of how I felt as I was watching Sorry to Bother You. I mean, it it really is a, I don't know what to put, I mean, not obstacle course, but like you're watching it, and it's just like you cannot, it's not a film that's going to let you be comfortable watching it. It is constantly going to be taking weird turns and forcing you to like rethink. And like I said, like it as shocking a moment in the theater as I've had yeah. that I can remember where I see the naked horse man like standing there quivering and asking for help and desperate. I, I will say that I did enjoy while I was watching it at my house, the image of you seeing this in a movie theater. No, and okay. I, was like, <laughs> I bet Dave was just like, what the, this is, this is crazy. And I, and I even, and it was like a date night movie. It was like, <laughs> No shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because I was convinced. I'm like, this is going to be great. I want to, you know. So my uh, shout out to my my pal uh, Dale Anderson, uh, who's who's as big a hip hop head as I know, and he is a big fan of Boots Riley. Who's and, a bad rapper? Who's a bad rapper? But he is he. He is. is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, I think he is. But he, but a bad rapper with good messages. Was it, well, and and that's why I, I went. I mean, obviously. Uh, I, not obviously, but this is the first I'd heard of him. It's starting yeah. to bother you. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. when I found out he was a rapper before, which I didn't find out until listening to WTF, I was like, oh, I need to go back and listen to this. I'm sure this is like some hard hitting shit. No, the, and the it's, stuff in the movie wasn't that bad though. I think that, no, because there are a couple coup songs in the movie. But listening to the albums, I mean, it's, I, it struck me, at least what I heard from the film, it struck me as more like P-Funk than, uh, I did not get that from no? the records I listened to. Okay. And I mean, he has one song with the singer of anti flag who does not belong on a hip-hop track <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a little too direct for me as far as like lyricism goes okay um, well i the, really i was hoping that it was going to be like like rage yeah but not as heavy obviously but like that as far as like the aggressiveness or like run the jewels you know right uh, right you know there's a clear yeah political or social commentary but right. it also like bangs hard and yeah it doesn't it doesn't bang hard it has the commentary but it doesn't bang hard yeah. well anyway it was it was kind of prime for me as being like oh this is going to be really like and then also i you know i knew it i knew it had been a hit at sundance and that it was you know being buzzed about and talked about in terms of like part of this wave of new films about race um black klansmen which you know yeah. Call back to one of our earlier episodes, uh, Get Out, the uh, Blind Spotting, you know, the, these other films that, and like you said, or like, like we, you know, uh, both of you have said, like th- it goes beyond that. It isn't just about race, race is a part of it, but it's really about capitalism. It's yeah. really about, it's about the, the kind of alienation of labor. It's all of these things kind of rolled in that, um, I don't know, it's just, it, it struck me as being, as audacious a film as I've seen in a long time. And so I, I appreciated that about it. I don't think... Absolutely. Like, is it a masterpiece? I don't know. But do I think everybody should absolutely see this film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> For sure. Is yeah. it a wildly impressive debut? Yeah. Yeah. For Boots Riley's first film, I mean, it's... I mean, how's he gonna? We'll ca- I mean, how's he gonna come out with? Something? I don't know what you do next. I don't, I I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. It's definitely a hard. Right. Uh, well, th- I think it's time to maybe regroup and think about. Hey, wh- what do we think of the taste of this uh, cloud catcher? It's so good. Sure to smell yeah, nice. you're enjoying it. Smells it. so good. Um, it tastes great. Uh, definitely, it's super crushable. Uh, but full bodied too. Full, I mean, I understand I mean, what you're saying. It's, it's full not... body, but I can drink a six pack in one sitting of this for <laughs> sure. And I've, I've done it. Wow, uh, impressive. Or in one night, maybe at one sitting. It makes well, that sound a night's a sitting. It I don't is, know. but a night. <laughs> what is, I don't has, even know what the ABV on it's this like is. Like six something. Okay, that's not terrible. That's uh, not like. I guess I, guess I, I could I could see oh six point eight. Okay, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I was impressed. I mean, it's, I like I mean, it. And it, I mean, just from the very beginning, when you smell it, it smells so good. It is. And it's creamy. It I is. mean, that's, it, it, it lives up to that kind of milkshake IPA uh, moniker. It's, I, like a, I mean, that. it's as good of a quote unquote hazy IPA as you can get, mm-hmm. not like at a brewery straight from the tap, you know, as right. far as like buying something off the shelf. I, I don't know that uh, I've had one in this genre of beer as as good as this one. Yeah. From my personal opinion. Right on. 
Well, good. So, um, so a tasty beer, a, a provocative film that that uh, depending on your mood may may totally satisfy or may at least uh, stimulate some thought. But uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our second film, which I guess cats out of the bag now. Eighth grade. Um, Eighth grade. And uh, and we'll we'll get there after radical the break. departure. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, we're back. And are you going to pour some beer for this or not? I am. All right. <laughs> straight, to, straight to the point. That's right. What have we got? Uh, we have a, a new release, a fairly new release from New Belgium, um, also from Fort Collins, Colorado. So I guess maybe that's the other uh, theme of this episode. Where yeah, we keep just, ending yeah. up in Colorado. Colorado. Fort Collins. Yeah. Sh- shout out to Nick Marks, the, <laughs> the one guy. Or, and Evan Elkins. And Kit, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Kit Hughes. Some folks I know in uh, Fort Collins. But uh, New Belgium, one of the oldest of breweries in Fort Collins. And, and this is, they, they've been doing a lot of different things over the last few years. It's interesting. I think they kind of overexpanded and they, and they have to like try out all this stuff now to try to just keep shelf space and keep selling. And I hope they can make it. But this is um, called Oak Spire. It's, they call it a bourbon barrel ale. Um, a limited edition collaboration between them and Knob Creek, which is a bourbon distillery, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a unique bourbon-inspired ale with oak spirals and char from the inside of the barrel. Smooth notes of toffee, vanilla, and caramel wrap up with a refined finish. Oak Spire, where innovation meets tradition. So it's you know, a riff on this kind of bourbon and beer thing that's going on, but not done in the typical way where it's usually like an imperial stout that's aged in bourbon barrels. Yeah. This is a an ale that, as I understand it, is being brewed to like... Oh my God. I guess I need a new bottle opener. There we go. All right. Um, to To have certain elements that are like bourbon... And then also incorporating some of the barrel to to just enhance some that. actual barrel in there. I believe so. Bits of barrel. <laughs> bits of bits Real of bits barrel. Of barrel. Uh, I watched a documentary about bourbon the other day called Neat. Um, it's pretty good. I'd yeah. recommend for anyone who's interested in Was that, what uh, bourbon is. On a streaming service? or uh, I think I might have watched it on Hulu. Okay. Uh, right. It was on a streaming service, so I think it was Hulu. Well, speaking of streaming, I streamed eighth grade just the other night through. I used Google Play. I don't know how you guys did this. You said Red Box. Unfortunately, I did it through Amazon. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> just after you had this takedown. Well, of the, I already paid for my fucking Prime account for the year, so yeah, I'm not so, going to just I mean, give a hundred bucks for what nothing. What are you stupid? Uh, I mean, come on. I mean, I still had to rent the fucking movie. Yeah, like, for three ninety nine or whatever it was. But fair enough. Um, you know. So eighth grade, uh, directed, written by Bo, Bo Burnham. Burnham, internet wonderkind and okay. comedian. Bo Burnham, when he was popping off on YouTube for the first time, was like my shit. Like really, I remember. Were you part you, of the Bo Burnham? I was. You are. I was. You're I didn't. Yeah. He. I. I remember. I remember his videos, and I remember thinking that they were funny because he was this kind of like nondescript, like nerdy kid just like playing piano like very very well in his bedroom Mm -hmm. and like writing these funny songs and the one i remember the most is uh my whole family thinks i'm gay i think is the name of the song that was a big one that's what i was told was like his first big like and that was like at the beginning of youtube it was he was a very very early youtube star um and and then he started doing like stand-up specials, right. and I remember when that happened, thinking like, mm, I don't know about this. Like, yeah. he just made funny videos. Does he need to be doing stand-up? And uh, I saw one that was on Netflix that uh, he does a a kind of romp of modern country music. Yeah, that's uh, a ne- yes, that's, yes, that's, I, that's, that's one that I've seen. That's yeah. one and that I've seen. It's so good. That particular bit is yeah. so good. Uh, and yeah, the stand-up I think uh, I think works um, for him, but. Uh, well, it did. But, it's not, it seems like he's kind of retired well, he, from the well, stage. He, he doesn't care for it personally. Yeah, but as yeah. far as like as an audience member, I think he's yeah. Pretty, he does, pretty it's pretty interesting it. to I guess um, working my way backwards through his stuff because yeah. I saw this movie first and then I watched um, his stand up. How'd you and, feel about it? 
Um, Which one? Uh, the stand up. <laughs> the, sta- the stand up. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty funny. I definitely feel um, and a generational gap in there, maybe. But, you know. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it was funny. I, I it, It's interesting because he does like a lot of songs. A lot. It's mostly songs. Yeah. But so is Adam Sandler these days. <laughs> well, it's like watching him ever, right? I mean, was well, it, he Adam's was always incorporating music? Yeah, into but his like his next, right? his special now is just like all. I haven't seen music. the new one. I mean, it's that's non-stop. that's what I heard, but it's also been getting crazy good reviews. It's it's pretty funny, but uh, I think in general, this is just an aside. I think we've reached a time where maybe we need to like. Settle down on all the on funny the song, on the musical comedy. <laughs> uh, hey, especially don't Saturday. tell Weird Al Yankovic. Well, He's got- <laughs> Weird Al has a free pass to do as much as he for wants life. forever. Yeah. And I hope he never dies. Uh, but Weird Al me forever. Me too. Weird Al forever. I'm gonna get a Weird Al tattoo. I've been. Yeah, that would be. There you Let's go, Dave. Yeah, yeah. All three of us. <laughs> I'm in on that. I, I actually. I, I actually am. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, but we'll talk more about that. Send us uh, your ideas for Weird Al tattoos. Yeah. Uh, but I okay. I will say that Bill Burnham is a little awkward uh, as like a person. I think sometimes. So for me, that kind of plays into his stand-up a little bit, but I think the content of the songs is really solid. I thought it was interesting, and I don't know. I mean, he's... Anyway, I will just say that I um, I was very impressed by this film. I thought this film was really... I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, and it's just a movie. About, it's called Eighth Grade. It's mm-hmm. about an eighth-grade girl and her struggling with being in eighth-grade, period. Which is fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, as everyone knows. Um, and, but it also is a lot of it is about her use of social media and technology. And so it's interesting to me that he's this guy that yeah. came up through that. Right. And in his stand up special that I watched too, I think that the, the aesthetic of it is like he's doing the songs. There's also lots of interruption from um, on the soundtrack. It's like his stand up style is very similar, I would imagine, to what watching his videos is like, you know? Yeah, um, no, it is. Anyway, I don't mean to get too academic about it, but uh, I thought I was just really impressed by this film. It was a kind of indie movie that I think just like is hard for me uh, to imagine uh, being pulled off and that it really, I was laughing out loud at different points in it. But then I really like it was emotionally um, poignant, I thought, and, yeah. and successful. Um, I actually have an eighth grade daughter and I try to get her to watch it with me. <laughs> Which was uh, a mixed success. Did she watch it with you? She watched a little bit of it, and then she she was watching it with me. But then eventually, I think she decided she'd rather just be on her phone with her friends. Okay, which is as she should be. Yeah, I guess. yeah. Um, so I don't know. It made me wonder. Like, is this movie? I don't know. I would like for her to see if she watched it with her fellow fourteen year old friends instead of with her father. Maybe she would like it more. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or is it a is it a film that's for, is it a film about fourteen year olds for, you know, thirty something, forty something, whatever. That you know? yeah, that that comes up in his WTF interview. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. He he talks about that a little bit about yeah. like, because I think Mark even asked him like, who's this thing for? Or yeah, something like that, yeah. Know? Um, I because he's in between, right? He is. I mean, yeah, uh, he's twenty eight right now. Is he yeah. really twenty eight yeah. already? Yeah, I thought he was. I almost thought he's he was born in 1990. No, he he's, he's 28. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I mean, I will say that seldom have I seen a film about like youth or a, or a certain like point of your youth uh, uh-huh. or time period that is as like accurate as this is. I mean, I mean, I have a, I have a brother that's 17, so he's a little bit older than this, but like, you know, he recently kind of went through middle school yeah. having all this technology like she mm-hmm. does, which I didn't when I was that age. Um, and I mean, I just, I feel like the interactions, the way they talk, like the everything, I, I just, it felt like super real and not like over dramatized or yeah. like, you know, anything like that. Well, it does this nice kind of, there's this dichotomy in the movie between this girl, um, the actress name is Elsie Fisher. Her character in the film is named Kayla and Kayla has like her own YouTube channel and she's super composed when she's making these videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and it cuts back and forth between her making those videos and talking about, well, you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to be confident. And then it's you like see her in real life and it's that. like, yeah. And or she's trying. trying to do that, right? She's much more insecure. So you're kind of going back and forth between those, 
um, two things. And it was, it's interesting to me just to see a movie that is about kids and media and technology, but it's not like either, I didn't find it anyway to be overly like pessimistic or no. optimistic about it. It's just like she uses the this thing and there's the way that she uses uses it and then there's her life outside of it you right. know and she can use it to like make herself be more socially active and so on yeah but then there's also ways that i guess it you know gets them into trouble i don't know yeah i mean she, ultimately it's it seems to be a tool for self reflexivity by the end of it right i mean yeah. like that's kind of like she she's able like towards the end it's the medium that allows her, like making these videos allows her to have this kind of self-awareness towards the very end that that becomes actually positive and helpful. Whereas in the beginning, there there's like a little bit of a question of like, is she deluding herself? Is she, is she fooling herself or is she fooling the audience? Nobody's watching, you know, apparently. Yeah. They don't show you view counters or anything, but um, you don't know that anybody's watching. But but then you realize it's more of a tool for her to kind of right. work through right. all of this stuff that she's trying to process as she's going through, which is really interesting because this is like, you know, I'll agree with Carlos. Like, I'm so far removed from eighth grade at this point, like I probably can't comment in any uh, really authoritative way about what it's like and how realistic it is. But it felt really, <laughs> it felt really authentic to me my, as I was watching it. My younger brother behaves in a similar way that she does like when we're at dinner and she's like you know her dad's trying to talk to her or whatever yeah she's like on her phone well that shit. that's who i identified with i mean it killed me those scenes with josh <laughs> hamilton who shout out to josh hamilton shout out. 2018 year of josh hamilton blaze and this my god like he, he's he's god, having, i didn't even realize Who's he in Blade? He's the, he was Z. He, he, oh, okay. He was the right. Yeah, the other yeah, guy. Yeah. The, yeah. All right. Nice. <laughs> but but you know like this like any what a great dad he's trying to be. I mean yeah. he is just doing everything that and and I feel like I don't know I I, I feel like that's me in a few years because I now I, you have a daughter who's in yeah, eighth grade even and let me tell you she does not get away with being on the phone like that at the dinner table. No. <laughs> well, so but I, I'm happy but, to report. But she, but she has a mom too. <laughs> she has a mom. Too. That's yeah, you know that's he's true. a single dad in this film. Yeah. That's like yeah. you know, and that's something that I don't have to deal with myself. And I can only imagine you know what it must be like to to try to be a single dad parenting a, yeah, a young yeah, daughter and yeah. and trying. Their to dynamic is really fun to watch too. It, it it's, it's fun not, and heartbreaking. I. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, Man, that okay. The, I get, I just got to say, like, I think I was as crushed as I've ever been the watching a film. Scene. The campfire scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Ky scene. Kylie where and Cecile, the people I watched with, my fiance and her best friend, were fucking sobbing. Oh, I was, I was a wreck. I mean, yeah, and, yeah, and and my, I was watching it with Aaron at home. You know, my wife, and and she's like looking back at me, totally knowing this was going to push all my buttons, and like, you know, just looking back and like. Oh yeah, no, I'm a wreck. I'm like, uh, oh my god, like this. What do you do? Like this is she has to experience this, right? I mean, so the so yeah. the scene we're talking about is a scene where she has part of the end of middle school for these kids is that they created this box in sixth grade when they started middle right when they started middle school to like write to their future selves and share things with their future selves and it's all like positive and like oh i can't wait to hear what you who you are and what you've become and who you're dating and all this kind of stuff and she's in this moment where she's just so unhappy with all that and the lead up to that scene she's just experienced this really pretty devastating moment with uh with an older guy yeah um I definitely have a lot to say about both of those things. Uh, Go for it. I wrote a letter to my future self as a senior in high school. Oh, it was part really? of like my dual credit English class. The very first day he like had us write like a letter or whatever. But in the voice that, of LeVar Burton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I mean, wish I wish that that's how I would have approached it. Uh, it was as you if know, you're the host of Reading Rainbow. Uh, Go. He was <laughs> he was gonna mail it to us four years later yeah. when we were presumably gonna be graduating for col from college, ideally, um, which obviously didn't happen for a lot of us because a four year degree these days right, is not right. as common as it used to be. But I remember 
I remember getting that letter in the mail around probably my last semester of college, maybe my second to last, mm -hmm. and being almost not I quite hadn't quite hit it yet, but almost in like the peak of like you know, the most depressive episode that I was ever going to have in my life and being fucking crushed by it. Like, oh, yeah. being so fucking depressing. And so when she was doing, when she was looking at that, I was like, I, I, I get it. Like, I know yeah. exactly what this is. Cause I like, I remember being shaken by that for like weeks mm. and like looking back at someone, obviously like myself, you know, writing it to me who was so much more optimistic and had like, goals and stuff and mm -hmm. I, I was just there like I'm yeah, that, just gonna, yeah that teacher was a real asshole that made you he, do that he, <laughs> he, 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 is, he is an asshole <laughs> I, 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 he's, he's, he's a nice guy shout out Eric Boyd but also oh, fuck I know you, Eric. Eric Boyd I like him <laughs> But that's maybe, yeah, I don't know. That's I wouldn't Eric want to that. thing to do. He needs to know that he's traumatizing people, though. He knows. He likes it. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoys it. Wow, uh, I love all this inside baseball stuff that's going yeah, on here. But did you guys find it funny? The film? Is yeah. There, no, there were great funny I moments. I mean, I was laughing I out loud. There were, just, there were a couple moments where it was She's funny. Really, she does funny stuff. She is... And, and I think as an actress, Elsie Fisher, incredible. I think she's I think she's got a great future ahead of her. I, I would love would. to see their process because it just seems like it has some of it. So much of it has to be improvisational the way that they she's did. Saying. They did rewrite a lot on set. Yeah, okay. um, there's a joke that happens pretty early on um, where the like popular girl, I can't remember her name off the top yeah, of my head. Her mom is that? inviting Kayla yes, to right. the yeah. pool party and Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. And uh her mom's like, Kennedy, I'll invite you on Facebook. And she goes, Mom, no one uses Facebook anymore. Right. And the reason that that line exists is because in the script that Bo Burnham had written, there's a, some one of the MySpace. kids says something about about using Facebook. Yeah. And the actor, like the kids that were casting the movie, were they like, said, nobody, nobody uses, uses Facebook, Facebook anymore. Yeah. He's like, what are you serious? And they're like, yeah, everyone just uses Snapchat or Instagram DMs or whatever. And so they changed it because of that and right. they threw in that line because the kids were editing him as yeah, they were yeah. shooting. They were yeah. like, this is not the way things work. And he let them do that. He like anything that he had yeah. written that wasn't authentic right. or wasn't the way they actually and isn't their lives, and isn't that amazing that that you know like here's a guy who like you say like he was part of that first wave of social media celebrity you know YouTube being this kind of new platform that he was getting and obviously you know crossed over to Facebook and all this stuff. and but for somebody now that's a decade ago right I mean he was yeah. you know now he's twenty eight and that. All that stuff has been kind of moved past, and now. Yeah. Well, there's this funny scene in the movie, but that where uh, she's hanging out at the mall with the high school kids, yeah, yeah. and supposedly they're seniors, and uh, who were way nicer to her than I would imagine. Yeah, that's like that was total fantasy to me that you way, ended up with somebody that would want to hang out oh, with an eighth grader. Yeah, no, you're right. Would I mean, not have happened that way. That that was like kind of a fantasy sequence. The whatever that is, the sort of like step up day where they yeah. go to high school yeah. and, yeah. She meets, that and she day meets also up. doesn't happen uh but but anyway we had like a step up day when we I was, definitely uh, man i felt sorry for those kids they're walking through the high they're walking through the high school like hands on shoulders yeah that was oh bad. man i don't remember that no if they had done I mean, that I, at my, school, my own oh my god no in the film but yeah yeah they would have taken us out and like gotten us drunk and then hazed us in the bathrooms <laughs> and got <laughs> God knows what would have happened. And but, the, the but guy, the, kids, the, the guy with the kiss jacket shows up. Yeah, yeah. We had to eat glue. Um, but uh, but that one senior boy says like, "Oh, they're, they're she's a different generation." Yes, yes. Like, no, no, right. no, okay. But they had Snapchat. When four years Snapchat? as a generation. In fifth grade, you had Snapchat, and uh, and it's funny because like that's real though. I but it's not. It I is. Mean, it one hundred percent. I don't care. I don't care. The truth, but the thing about the movie is, if we can, if I, my old ass, can look at this movie and think, like, God, this really, no, I remember eighth grade, I remember right. middle school, right? And you know, okay, so what? So, the, the truth is that the difference between like their three years and having Snapchat or not is not greater than like you and them and, and your brother or whatever, right? I mean, it's just like their perspective of being different generations is 
that they're totally off from right. our, our perspective. We're like, no, you're not. You're three years apart. You're not. A, no, I, disagree, but you, I disagree. I disagree with you. But, do you but remember, what is the, then what is the key te- technological change then? The, okay. So there's like this rule that like computing power, like doubles every 18 months or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, like what computers are capable of doing. And because of the, how rapidly technology is changing, the way we communicate even with only a difference of like three to four years, maybe an age is so drastically different that in, in that period of time, since like cell phones have become like a common thing, I would say that, uh, the generations have drastically, uh, come closer together in what you would define as a generation. For instance, uh, if I were like, I have a friend who, um, recently started seeing, a quote unquote older woman. And by that, I mean, she's like three years older than him. And the way that she communicates via text message is really, really terse. And he's having a hard time reading her because he thinks that it means that she's not interested. But really what it is, is that she spent many, many, many more years living in a world where you had maybe a hundred text messages to use a month and you had a T9 keyboard and things like that. And at that point in time, when that technology was being introduced into her life, uh, text messaging was not the dominant form of communication. It was just like an extra little thing that maybe you did every now and then, and people were still communicating yeah, more like in person. Yeah, but that was years ago. I mean, it that, wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but <laughs> it was like the scale of 10 or 15 years, not three years. No, no, but I'm, no, but I'm saying she's three years older than him, and she spent a lot more time with text messages not a dominant form of communication than he did. And because by he maybe had T9 or whatever for like a year or two, and then phones came out with full keyboards, and then unlimited texting became a very commonplace thing. Mm-hmm. And so just those three years, for her, it's like, okay, if, like, if I say like, hey, I'm going to come pick you up at this time, she'll say okay. And then to her, that's normal. She's not being like shitty or whatever. That's just mm-hmm. how she texts because she's a little older than him. But for him, he's so used to having a full keyboard, for, like texting in full sentences, things like that. And it's a lot, the way people communicate is, it, it is, it's inherently different. I, I, I don't disagree with that. I just agree with the time scale. I don't agree with like, and I'm going to, and I, I'm going to interject here where, where I, I that a lot though. Like, no, I see it. And, and I think, but yeah. I think these differences that feel, I think part of what you're saying here, and if, if I'm hearing you correctly, Ethan, is that these differences that seem so monumental at a certain point. And I kind of remember it even like in my experience of middle school and the high school and stuff is like, you're separated by a few years. It's like, Oh, I was there when I was in eighth grade. That's when Nirvana hit and everybody started wearing flannel and like, and it was like, and, and we started using this certain lingo and we started talking in certain way and we had a certain attitude and like, and Generation yeah. X really happened. No, no here, <laughs> and, okay, here's, here's the difference. The, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the difference, <laughs> I, I, and, and I really am because it's my biggest okay, pet peeve, yeah. but the difference between uh, someone in, like they're entering their freshman year of high school in 1978 and 1988 is not that different. Like the music you're listening to is different. The style is different, but the way that you communicate with each other is not that different. Now the difference between somebody who's entering their freshman year of high school in 2008 versus 2018 is radically different. That's 10 years, not three years. Well, I know, but I'm, but I'm (laughs) saying it's radically different. It's not, it's not even slightly similar. It's radically different. And the fact that you can go 10 years from the 70s to the 80s and it still be very similar and not entirely that much different to going from 2008 to 2018 and it being like almost totally different worlds mm. means that that three-year span is drastically more significant than it used to be. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. Well, but I would say that, okay, there is changes over that period, but that doesn't mean that from here on out every three years there's a tremendous generational change. There's a, signif- so there, there's there a significant are, there generational are, change. It's, it's significant. Yeah, I don't think so. And I, and I don't, and I don't think <laughs> You're that You're too high, far removed to no, know. Fuck you, man. I've got, <laughs> I've got a 14-year-old daughter, a 16-year-old son, and a 20-year-old son, uh, daughter. I think I'm probably less removed than you. Okay, bold. <laughs> I think, well, I think okay. your oldest and youngest daughter have much more have much different experiences than what you think they do. Well, the, no, no but, I, and, I, and think I think you're right. I know you're right about that, but they are seven years apart. Okay, which so is more than two. twice three years. Thank you very much. Well, okay. <laughs> My that, whole problem that is that wasn't the as much of a zinger as you thought it was. <laughs> 
three years, three years is your all. My only point is that they think that three years is a huge difference, right? And as someone who is not stuck in high school, you realize that it's not that big of a difference. And I know that when you're at that age, and I when I lived in the Jurassic period before the internet, <laughs> when I was in high school, right. three years was still a tremendous period no, I of think, time. I, I will, and I'll say that they see it as a huge difference and I won't say it's huge, but it's, it is significant. It's significant. <laughs> Get me fired up right now. It's significant. It, I think you're right. Exactly. To them. And I think that scene in the film, it, it's, it seems it plays as funny. I think to me and I think to Ethan, to somebody who's further out. And I think probably to some extent, Carlos, but, but he's, he's maybe the, but I, I can talk part, about this for a long time. Part of that is, you know, like, there's a certain point where they're going to have to adapt, okay? Like, they can be ensconced in their own little enclave where it's like, yeah, I communicate this way with the people I care about. Well, what happens when they need a fucking job? What happens when they need to, like, pay rent? What happens when they... Eventually, they have to succumb and they have to answer emails and they have to... Or whatever the communication medium is at that time or whatever. Like, they're going to have to give in and start b- performing part of... Or they're going to become equine sapiens. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, can, I can think of a lot of examples off the top of my head of me and somebody with a small age gap between us or a, a small period of time. And how drastically the way that we use technology and communicate is. I mean, yeah. I could I could do that conversation all day. No, and, and and I'm not and I'm not going to begrudge you that. Like I know that the way that I use technology is very different than the way that you do is very different than and I know we all have but but then again on on enough things we line up that we can schedule a podcast. <laughs> so what but what is the difference? So what is the difference they're saying for those kids? They think that there's something so different because she had Snapchat in fifth grade. So how is that? What is it they're doing that's so different? Okay, first of all, Snapchat's entire premise when it launched was a way to send nudes to people. Like, that's all that it was. I don't care what the people that started it said. You sent a picture message to somebody that immediately disappeared in a certain period of time and you weren't allowed to screenshot it. You couldn't do anything with it. That's what that was fucking for. Mm-hmm. So for someone as young as her to have a platform with such a purpose, right. like, and to, I mean, it's, just, that's not a normal, Snapchat's not a normal way. But to before that, before that existed, people were te- sexting yeah, but all it, the time. Yeah, but so. it's different because. The, the the whole premise of Snapchat that made it more acceptable was the fact that it went away it and that it couldn't right? be saved. It, it completely disappeared. So rather than something like the internet where like if you post something on the right. internet, it's forever. This was different. So it made it more of a commonplace thing to have. I mean, we, I mean, we could do this for a really long time no, and get no. into like the, the nitty gritty so, of it. But it's, I mean... Having something like that versus just standard text messaging at such a young age, I mean, it's super, super different, and it totally shapes the way you communicate with people. I kind of now, I kind of love this conversation we're having, but I got to say, is this not an indication of how incisive a film this is that we are inspired to have this kind of talk about <laughs> about a scene that took place? And I mean, like, I'll, I think I'll, that's I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. That that is something. I mean, I think like the. What I, what I would want anybody who's who's hearing this to think about is like th- this film really like it it fires on a lot of levels. I think anybody who's gone through middle school is gonna feel something here. I think anybody who has children who are even you know like getting close to where they're they're in school and they're kind of moving towards that or they're actually in middle school is gonna get something out of it. I think anybody who's gone you know through technological change like you're talking about because it is so much involved with that. It's it's got a lot of things to offer. It's and and it does it in a way that I think what what was said earlier about it's not really judging these things. No, it's not, it's no. not trying to say like, oh, this is terrible. This is the ba-. because that that is a direction that a film like this could easily go in is like, yeah. oh, look at how terrible the situation is for our youth who are being and it's not really saying that. And, and and again, I think even if you buy into the idea that, oh, things have drastically changed, I think that there's something here that that's saying like, okay, but there is kind of a human experience that goes on here that we can all understand. That's somewhat constant. I, I want to say two things. One, people that never experience dial-up are... 
there's something wrong. There's you, you, you <laughs> I mean, you will not, people that there's a huge difference between people that had to sit through, that had to go through dial up and people oh, that never funny. had that. I mean, that's, okay, that's it's good. a, and it's not a lot of years between the two, but it's a significant difference in the type of person you become. It's more than three. Um, <laughs> second, um, <laughs> one thing, one thing I liked about this movie that I think we've talked about a little bit, but maybe haven't phrased it this way is that it doesn't pull any punches. It is very much, um, trying to, uh, trying to show like the reality of the situation that these people are living in. And I think one of the, um, most, uh, trying to think of the word, one of the most abrasive and maybe like uncomfortable ways that it does that is the behavior of the young men in this movie. And not because it's showing, you know, this one guy who's in eighth grade who thinks he's big shit and acts like an asshole. And this other guy who thinks that he's older so he can do whatever he wants. That's kind of an asshole. I don't, I think that it shows it in a way that those aren't necessarily viewed as isolated incidents. Like, the behavior of these people is not uh, like abnormal. Like right. the way that you're conditioned to think right. about these relationships as a man or as a young man when you're growing up and the things that you think you have to do in order to achieve peak masculinity or whatever are, which are very toxic, I would say, hmm. uh, are very much on display with these two characters, Aiden, the younger one who is like, you know, quote unquote popular or whatever and says, you know, pretty awful things to her in attempts to like be a fucking big man and like be cool or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the older high school kid that tries to take advantage of her because in his eyes, I mean, he's a high school kid. He's cooler. He's in a place of power. That's what he feels he's supposed to do in that situation. And you can tell that that's the case because after that interaction happens, even though you, even though Bo Burnham doesn't show us his face afterwards, you just see like the s side back of his head from mm -hmm. uh, Kayla's perspective. You can tell by the way he's talking to her that he's realized he's done something wrong, right? And that he's realized that what he did wasn't cool, even though he thought that's what he was supposed to be doing. And he starts trying to justify it and rationalize yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I was just trying to help you. You're, you're yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and I think that is like one of the most like. Those are some of the most intense. I mean, I guess obviously it's from my perspective. Like, you know, I was a yeah. young man at some point. Um, and th those parts for me really particularly were like unnerving and kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And I, one of the reasons I like the film is that it doesn't. Um, it has a separate, you know. And so she has like this crush on this one guy, Aiden, which yeah. is played really funny to start with. Yeah. yeah. And then it. <laughs> Um, yeah, she has this, this crush on him and it takes this kind of turn where she tells him that she's got nude photos and he, yeah, right. anyway, but then it kind of stops and it doesn't right. further pursue that. Like it, she does not become, continue to be obsessed with that boy. It does no. not just become about that boy. You know, no. she like moves on right. to other things. Um, and then, and then, so she has this run in with this other kid who starts out as being like this nice kid that she's talking to. And I agree. It does like it, it deals with consent and in a way that's, these aren't these bad seeds. This is pervasive culture. And right. one thing about the older kid that really made it like, so like real for me is I've had friends over the years that have told me like, like, yeah, yeah. What you got to do is, you know say this, this and that so that you can get in the back seat with her and it, you know, whatever. And then you can, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's what he does. He's like, Oh, it's weird. Uh, talking to you when I can't see you. <laughs> and then he gets in the back seat. <sighs> and, uh, so when, so when he does that, I was like, Oh yeah, I've seen people do this before. I've heard of people doing this before to like try to move in or whatever. And it just makes it so much like, worse yeah it's like that's a that's a real fucking thing that people do yeah and it it doesn't make it this like kind of um unrealistic or like maybe overly dramatized moment it's like very grounded yeah and much more difficult to watch yeah uh, as at the time no it, it i would agree that the, that was a very um impactful scene i mean that that you know as much as uh 
yeah, it, 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 it felt really uncomfortable. It was, it didn't feel unreal. It did, it didn't feel like it was, you know, it, it felt authentic. Well, and it has like, there's no actual assault that occurs, but you see that it's had this impact on her. Right. Yeah, because right. that's not an that insignificant occurrence, right. even though it, even though she, well, that's her, what that's what launches her into burning the box, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's even yeah. though she stood her ground and you know, like, didn't cave to that pressure right. or whatever. I mean, that's still not something you just walk away from, like, oh, whatever, you know, yeah. it's just a normal day, you know? yeah. That just the attempt right. is going to have like a lasting impact on you, yeah, and probably affect the way you go into other. But but we do get we do get Gabe. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> thank God for Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, is so, Gabe is a fucking cute kid that is just trying his best. That's and right. I, the, I, I, the, I felt for Gabe. I definitely. So Gabe is the cousin thing, of the cool kid uh, that she Kennedy. goes Kennedy, yeah. that she goes to the birthday party with and right. playing he, in the pool. And he, she, she meets him in the pool and his like big move is like, you want to see me do a handstand? Yes. And he is. It's a terrible He cannot do the handstand. <laughs> yeah. No, have the, a contest when, to hold breath. Oh yeah. When, when he, when he shows up or I should say when she shows up at his house and he's like, I got the 20 piece and she was, <laughs> Two, two of each sauce, but if there's one you like more, you can have mine. Like that's some of the cutest shit I've ever yes, seen. Like, yes. I mean, weird flex, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's I up, like, girl? I got good. the twenty piece. Oh well, we got a weird flex. And they ultimately bond over Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yes, yes, and Szechuan sauce, and yeah, no, I mean, so there's there's redemption there. I mean, like I, I feel it, like you know, like you said, Carlos. I don't think this is an indictment against men. It is an indictment against toxic masculinity that that exists out there and that we need to be aware of and thinking about but then it, it shows us like but but there's good people out there yeah gabe's a good kid and you know you know kayla is is a is a great little uh character yeah gabe is a great character they find each other. I don't know. They, they, I was really, my heart was warm by this film. Yeah. Is what I would say. Like, and it, but it didn't feel like in a maudlin, like, right. it wasn't trying to, the, it, I think it earned it. I think that. I think so. This film, I, I feel like, you know, you. I, I commend you for trying to watch this with your eighth grader, Ethan. Yeah. I, she I made mean, it through a little bit. Yeah. I, I feel like someday this is a film that I want to have my daughters watch with or at least watch. I don't know that yeah. you need to you watch know, it. With I would me. say you don't need to be there from my experience. I <laughs> maybe think not. Say, you know, <laughs> no. you should watch maybe this with, with your mom. Friend. Maybe it would work. I don't know. I don't, no, maybe. Just I don't know. And then like, okay. And then we can talk later if you want to, but, uh, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, I, you know, that this, I was just impressed by this. Yeah. You know, like these little indie films to pull this off. And this guy, Bo Burnham making his silly little YouTube videos. Turns right. Around. And, you know, in his uh, Get Happy or Be Happy, whatever the Netflix special is, he actually talks about um, about internet culture and it not lasting any time and everything just being so disposable. And then you have films like this, which, you know, are kind of about that culture, but in a more expansive, meaningful way, yeah. you know? Not uh, disposable. Not that's, disposable. That, that, that show that as one part of the whole experience. Right. Yeah. Right? I think that's... That's what it what you gain here is the perspective of yes, there is this like constantly moving and changing thread of culture that they're tapped into and they have to be and that's a, and, and we all have to be I guess at some level but there are these enduring things that just you know are always happening. <laughs> yeah, so like you know when they're having the conversation about whether they're different different generations or not. <laughs> They uh, look up at this creep, and it's her dad watching. <laughs> That's right. Which is a great moment totally. in the film. Yeah. And it is mortifying. Speak, it is like, yeah, From across her the generations, like, yeah. uh, mortifying dad's spying on the kids. Yeah. And it was a moment that I just like lost it and laughed so hard. <laughs> See, that, that shows the difference in our generation, because I was... I felt for her. I was like, Oh, I felt oh. for her too. I mean, I, yeah. cr I cringed. I didn't laugh. I cringed. Yeah. No, that, that was <laughs> one where laugh when he was just, he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> he just, he I, I think caught. I, I think I aligned with her slightly more than him then too. But, the, but yeah. that, yeah, but, but I mean, I, 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 I've never been in that exact situation, but I did grow up with very overbearing parents Yeah, and, being dropped off at the mall was a thing and yeah, that. And yeah. so I, I definitely connected with her a little more. 
All right, guys. So, so I think I think we need to uh, to wrap this up here. Go see eighth grade, or go go rent it. Get get yeah, eighth grade. Absolutely. I think you're gonna love it. And you know what? If you like satire, if you if and and if you want to, uh, you know, stick one to the man. <laughs> Sorry to if, bother you. If you have stick it to demoniosis, <laughs> it's a school of rock. I, I you want that and if you're a fan of Atlanta, the TV show, yeah, Lakeith like Stanfield. I mean, he's good in everything, though. He yeah. is. Let's he be is. Real. So um, weird guy. But. This Oak Spire Bourbon Barrel Ale. Before, before we forget it, uh, how do we feel about that? It's pretty good. Yeah, not not like a standout. I I kind of agree with you. I mean, I'm I not think losing my mind over it. The but. tough thing is, and I mentioned this when we were opening it, is like we I associate bourbon barrel so much when I'm talking with about stouts. beer with the aging things in it, yeah. and it's often stout, something that's heftier. This is not hefty. I it's mean, not. it's actually comparatively light. Yeah. Um, still has some of those notes. I mean, I get vanilla. I get I get I no, get it was some good. of that. It was good. But um, but it's a you know. I don't know. It's it's not as when I think satisfying as drinking bourbon bar, uh, bourbon county. You yeah. Know, yeah. When I think bourbon barrel, I mean it's not only is it normally a darker beer, but it's something that when you, I mean, right from when you smell it, you get it on the nose super hard, and you can kind of taste some right. booziness. And right. it's a lot more intense the flavor when it's like aged in that. Yeah. Um. So this one doesn't have those things necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it kind of like somewhat goes against what our expectations are yeah. um, but I think that despite that it's it's still I mean a pretty solid uh, it's still pretty solid beer what I would one my final thought on it is it's dangerous because it's not very heavy it's pretty drinkable and it's nine percent yeah and so I don't think you would be hard pressed to drink four or five or six no, God. quickly but you'd feel them. but you yeah. would feel it right <laughs> Right. So be careful. Yes, <laughs> that's good because it, it it it's very drinkable, but also deceptively high in alcohol content. <laughs> right. So the, I, I mean, I think that you know, take home message here: these films that you miss as they're floating by. I mean, it's lovely that you can pick them up so quickly on uh, on demand, Redbox, whatever you're doing. And, and I think these are a couple that if they flew under your radar over the summer when they were out. This would be a great time. Go get them because them essential viewing for 2018. Yeah. I, I would say. So with that, um, we'll we'll point you to our social media, beerandamoviepodcast.com first and foremost, uh, and then you can find us at Beer and a Movie on Instagram. You can find us at Beer Movie Show on Twitter, and then facebook.com slash beer in a movie tx um if you are just now hearing about these go like or follow or do whatever it is you have to do so that the next time we talk about this you don't have to go look it up again you're already tuned in uh and then if you're listening to this on apple podcast rate review and subscribe all that stuff we uh, very much appreciate everybody that has done that so far leaving reviews is very helpful um we love that you guys rate us five stars but Give us a little feedback, a little quick description of what you like, what you don't like, maybe what you want to see us do in the future. Um, That stuff is very helpful. It helps us um, kind of uh, shape our programming a little bit more. Uh, If you like the themed episodes, let us know. Maybe we'll do more of them. Tell us what themed episode you want us to do. All that kind of stuff. Uh, But until next time. Gucci. 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 Gucci.